in the industry, Jackie Gleason is a legend. He's one of those guys who did it all. He conquered television, movies, and Broadway. He won a Tony Award, a Peabody Award, but oddly enough, no Emmys despite spending nearly 20 years straight on television. And when it comes to Gleason, there's no shortage of crazy stories. I'll give you five of them right now. Number one. Before Jackie was on television, he was just another comedian working in nightclubs. Back then, he had a reputation for how he handled any hecklers that came his way. Jackie would not tolerate any heckling and would give back much more than he ever took. But one night in particular, things didn't go his way. Jackie was being heckled and it got so heated between him and the guy, he asked the guy to step outside so they could settle things. But what Jackie didn't know was that the guy heckling him was Tony Galento, also known as Two-Ton Tony Galento, a professional heavyweight boxer. And good old Two-Ton flattened Jackie with just one punch. Number two, Jackie was known as the Great One. He was always referred to this way. But it wasn't his great comedic talent or timing that earned him this nickname. Instead, it was given to him by Orson Welles. Wells gave him the nickname after being so impressed at how much liquor Jackie could put away. Number three, the Great Gleason Express. In 1964, Jackie decided that life would be much better if he could spend more time golfing in the sunshine. Unfortunately, doing a variety show in New York City was not very helpful for your game, especially in the winter. So Jackie decided to move his entire variety show, all the actors, dancers, orchestra, camera crew, everyone to Miami Beach. When they made the move, Jackie turned it into a media event. He loaded everybody on a single train, making a 10 cities tour and a nonstop party all the way down. Number four, Jackie had a fascination with UFOs, aliens and the paranormal. And I mean, he was fascinated. He had an exhaustive collection of books on the subject. So many that after he died in 1987, his wife Marilyn donated them all to the University of Miami, where they still are to this day under the name of the Jackie Gleason Collection. And just how many books are we talking about? Over 1,700. And that leads us to number five. And this just might be the craziest. There are variations of this story from what I've read, but the story goes that sometime around 1973, Jackie Gleason is at home in Miami minding his own business when he gets a visitor. Its current president, Richard Nixon, come to visit. But he's alone. He's gotten rid of his Secret Service detail, and he came to see Jackie because they both have a passion for UFOs. Jackie was always a Nixon supporter. The two of them were friends. This part is accurate. They even golfed together. Everything else that I'm about to tell you, well, you decide. Nixon allegedly tells Jackie that he has to show him something. Something Jackie has to see for himself. So Jackie gets in the car with Nixon and heads off to the Homestead Air Force Base. It's a good 35 miles south of Miami. When they get there, Nixon takes him to a private hangar and shows him what we all know the government's been hiding all this time. Aliens. There's a crashed UFO, and yes, the dead aliens, preserved in freezers, are there too. It's so disturbing that Jackie can't eat or sleep for days. Eventually, Beverly, his second wife, asks him what's going on. He tells her. He doesn't tell anyone else. We all know this because Beverly 
years after divorcing Jackie, told the National Enquirer this story in 1983. At the time, Beverly was peddling a tell-all book about what the real Jackie Gleason was like, so we might want to take this story with a very large grain of salt. And while all these stories are great, the one I'm about to tell you today might be the best example of the great one's greatness. My name is Dan Delgado, and on this episode, we're taking a look at the great Gleason pivot. Welcome to the industry. In the 1950s, Jackie Gleason might have been the biggest thing on television. And no, that's not referring to his weight. After one season of starring on The Life of Riley from 1949 to 1950, he took over hosting duties on the DuMont Network series Cavalcade of Stars, a variety show that was in need of some life. Jackie turned that show around with a number of sketches, including what would be his most famous, The Honeymooners. By 1952, his contract with Dumont was up and CBS came calling. They took Jackie, co-star Art Carney, and the entire Cavalcade cast and crew and renamed it The Jackie Gleason Show. And it didn't miss a beat. In fact, it just got bigger and better for the next two years. That's when Jackie signed one of the largest deals in entertainment history up until that time in 1954. The Jackie Gleason Show was up to number two in the ratings behind I Love Lucy that year. That's when American car manufacturer Buick dropped their sponsorship of Milton Berle's show and came calling for Jackie. They made a deal to sponsor Jackie for the next three seasons for $11 million total. That's in addition to whatever he was getting from CBS. Buick wanted to get in with Jackie because he was taking the most popular sketch on his variety show, The Honeymooners, and turning it into a sitcom. The deal was for Jackie to produce 78 episodes of The Honeymooners over two seasons with an option for a third season at 39 episodes. Each episode would mention Buick at the opening and close with Jackie standing in front of a Buick logo and encouraging you to buy one. Did you ever notice that the stronger the guy is, the quieter he is? Well, brother, that's Buick. You wouldn't want more power than Buick has in 56. Yet, it's the quietest, smoothest running car you ever drove. And go, <laughs> va, 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 boom, go try one. Down at your Buick dealers. Good night, everybody. But as it turned out, The Honeymooners wasn't quite the hit it was expected to be. It was number 19 in the ratings for 1955-56, and Jackie felt that it was difficult to keep up the quality of the show. So after one season of 39 episodes, he and CBS agreed to end the show. He walked away from the Buick deal with $7 million still on the contract. He went back to the Jackie Gleason show in the variety format, but the return was not a return to ratings prominence. He finished 29th in the ratings that next season. The season after that, he wasn't even in the top 30 anymore. By 1959, the Jackie Gleason show was over. So Jackie left television altogether and headed to Broadway. There he starred in the musical Take Me Along, which became a big hit. Take me along if you love for me. Take me along if you love for me. Take me along. You're sweeter than vanilla Wanna hug you like my pillow My lips will sing Something jubilant Sweet and clear and strong If you will take me Along with you 
Take Me Along would end up being nominated for 10 Tonys in 1959. However, the only Tony it would win, Best Actor in a Leading Musical, was for, you guessed it, Jackie Gleason. After a year away from television, he began to miss it, and maybe television began to miss him too. It was time to come back. CBS was interested in bringing Jackie back to prime time, but there was a catch here. Jackie wasn't looking to do his variety show again. Instead, he was looking to do a game show. Now, why would he want to do a game show? For this, I consulted Telly Davidson, a television scholar and author whom you might remember from episode one of this podcast, The Rule Purge. I asked Telly this exact question of why. My suspicion is that because game shows and uh, talk shows require the least amount of rehearsal and that posts can basically come in and tape the show and they'd have maybe have one or two production meetings beforehand and tape the show on the spot and then or, or have it done live as many of them were in the early days in one fell swoop and then they're out for the week that that was probably the attraction that he thought well this will be a prime time game show I'll come in an hour before the show, go over the script, meet the coordinators, uh, do the show. And it was kind of, you know, for someone of his talent, he could do a game show or a talk show in his sleep. So I think that was probably the attraction to it. And the show that came up for Jackie, it was called You're in the Picture. As for how you play it, I'll have Jackie tell you himself. It's a very simple game. And as soon as I explain it to you, I know you'll catch on immediately. We roll out some pictures. The panelists put their heads into holes that have been cut into the pictures. Now, they can't see what the picture is because we have a little collar under their chin. They try to guess what the content of the picture is or what they portray in the picture. Now, if they should get the picture, we send 100 care packages in their name. If they should miss a picture, we send 100 care packages in my name. <laughs> so with this game, everybody wins, nobody loses. Have you got it? Okay, good. Jackie and CBS both had high hopes for this new series and scheduled it to debut on January 20th, 1961, the same day as the inauguration of President John F. Kennedy. They taped one episode, but rather than run that, they decided to do the show live. So Friday night at 9.30, the anticipated return of Jackie Gleason to television kicked off. Jackie went out and introduced his new show, You're in the Picture. His panel of guests sticking their head in the picture that night were Pat Harrington, Pat Carroll, Jan Sterling, and Arthur Treacher. And it went... not very well. In fact, it was an embarrassing dud. The audience barely made a sound, and Jackie found himself being criticized in the press over the next few days. The New York Times referred to You're in the Picture as mediocre, juvenile stuff. And the LA Times said, Everyone babbled at once until Jackie bellowed for quiet, and that even Art Carney couldn't have pulled this one out of the fire. Ouch. So what went wrong? <laughs> what didn't go wrong with that show, <laughs> the way it was executed? I mean, there are just so many things that, uh, let me preface by saying, it was sort of, I guess you'd say, 
it was a, an example of this is a good idea on paper, but it, when it happens, it just sort of doesn't live up to the hype. Let's be honest. This show sounds ridiculous. The premise was at best absurd and at worst just kind of dumb. It was something that could have worked as a party game, but to visualize it on television, it looked more like a truth or consequences stunt. You know, it looked more like you couldn't you couldn't take it seriously. It looked more like slapstick physical comedy. Something needed to be done here. Jackie had already embarrassed himself, and this was a man who was an absolute perfectionist during the Jackie Gleason show in the 1950s. But January 26th, six days later, Jackie was telling the L.A. Times that the format would principally be the same, but they're coming up with new ideas for the show. And that also, he's only happy when the audience is happy, and he hasn't heard from them yet. By the time the show was scheduled to go on one week later, the Daily News had an interesting quote from Jackie. He said, I'm going to do something that should have been done a long time ago. I don't know whether I'll get away with it. And on that next Friday night, January 27th, 1961, audiences tuned in for the second episode of You're in the Picture and got something else entirely. Jackie had no intention of continuing to make a fool of himself, so he did something no one had ever done on television before. He went out on a bare stage, sat in a chair with a cup of coffee in one hand and a cigarette in the other, looked directly into the camera, and apologized. That's right, he apologized to America for your in the picture. For 30 unscripted minutes, Jackie Gleason trashed his own show, made jokes about it, and seemed completely comfortable and at ease the entire time. He started out acknowledging what had happened the week before. Last week we did a show called You're in the Picture that laid (laughs) without a doubt the biggest bomb He also explained why he thought this show was going to work. Now, for instance, when they came to me with this idea, you're in the picture. I got to take the blame for this because a guy walked in and he demonstrated. I was sitting with my agent, you know, and a couple of the people that belong to the agency that I'm uh, employed by or uh, guided by. (laughs) Who's dirty, (laughs) run? No, no, no. If I I don't mean it. They're all in it. Take my word for it. They didn't. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, this guy came in and he demonstrated this game. And I want to tell you, we fell down. You know, it was a, a board, as you saw last week, and everybody stuck their head in and they had to guess what the thing was. Well, we were hilarious. And it got contagious. We were calling in stenographers and secretaries. Hey, look at this. What we... <laughs> People were walking down the corridor with packages. We were pulling them in. Look at this thing that we got here. Now, you can't imagine how this built up, in our opinion, as a great show. It just caught on. He even mentioned other flops he'd been in before this one. Yeah, that isn't the worst flop. I I was in worse than that. (laughs) I was in a little uh, legitimate show in summer stock. This thing was so bad that opening night it closed during intermission. (laughs) And when it was all over, everyone loved it. The critics were right back on his side. Rather than go through another week of a dreadful game show, Jackie had pivoted right out of it. 
And if he had just gone on with this bomb, it wouldn't have gotten any better for him. Uh, let's put it that way. And to just reclaim it, you know, he, like, like Maxine Waters when she said, reclaiming my time. He was reclaiming his time and the, the chutzpah that he had to, to do that. I mean, people, instead of people watching Jackie Gleason and laughing at him, not as a comedian, but laughing at a great movie and TV and Broadway star making an ass of himself, they were, you know, they were rooting for him. With that one fell swoop, he had them right back to eating out of the palm of his hand. This isn't to say everything was perfect. He still had eight weeks to fill, and Kellogg's, which was one of the sponsors of You're in the Picture, objected to one of Jackie's jokes during the apology and withdrew from the series. The problem was, at one point during his extended apology, Jackie picks up a cup of coffee, takes a sip, and says... Then he quips. This is a new coffee called Chack Full of Booze. Well, that was way over the line for family-friendly Kellogg's, and they were out. Honestly, I don't really think Jackie cared, since he wasn't intending to do this series beyond the eight-episode commitment he had left. But now, what could he do? He certainly couldn't go back to the game show that he trashed publicly. Honored, the, as I understand, he honored the celebrity bookings and did it as a, a talk show, interview show with the celebrities until March when the contract ran out. For the next eight weeks, Jackie would do very relaxed interviews with guests like Jane Mansfield, Bobby Darren, and his longtime co-star Art Carney to fill out his commitment to CBS. And the only good thing to say about that was it, it revived interest in CBS and having him, and it revived, I think, his own interest in getting back into the regular grind. After his talk show, which he called, no shock here, the Jackie Gleason show, ended, it was not renewed. Also, no shock. But CBS, while not happy with the apology, was happy with the reception Jackie had received for it. By 1962, they brought Jackie back for a new version of his one-time hit variety show. First called American Scene Magazine, then back to the tried-and-true name of The Jackie Gleason Show, this version, the one he would move to Miami Beach in 1964, would run for eight years, peaking at number five in the ratings for the 1966-67 season. Over the years, Jackie would be asked about You're in the Picture, and he would always talk about what a mistake it was. In 1985, in his only Tonight Show appearance, something that I find a little hard to believe that he was only on there once, but that's another story, Johnny Carson brings it up. And Carson also reveals that he was in the taped episode that never aired. You've had many successes, but you did a television show in 1961. The show itself went on one time. It was called You're in the Picture. Oh. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up was because I was also a part of the show. You were the host, if I remember, and you sat over to the right of the stage and you sat at a little table and you had your little coffee cup. And I think I was on the show, I think Arthur Treacher. Arthur Treacher. The late Milt Kamen. Jan Sterling. Now, the idea of the show was they had the television audience could see at home and the studio audience could see a picture. The celebrities would come and we put our heads through a hole in the picture from the back. We didn't know what the picture was. Good God. Yeah. I was one of those people. And uh, you would ask questions and we would ask questions of you, what we were doing. Are we an animal and so forth? And it really did not go too well. And I remember one of the questions I asked you about halfway through. I said, 
Would you tell me why I've got my head through this hole in this picture? The critics took the show apart, and next week you came on the stage and did one of the funniest half hours on television because you didn't do that show. You just sat, sat down and apologized. I came out and apologized to the audience for committing such a terrible crime. This was the biggest bomb ever put on television. And when I went to the executives of CBS and I said, uh, I got to go on next week and apologize for this. They said, Where we don't allow anybody to go on and apologize for anything we put on. And I said, well, this week you're gonna. And um, I had a lot of fun that, that oh, night. It was, it was wonderful. You came out and said, there was one of the funniest half hours I've ever seen. Jackie thought doing a breezy game show would have been a nice, easy way back on television. It was what Jackie was thinking of. This is going to be an easy paycheck for me. It wasn't as easy as he thought it would be, that's for sure. In the end, You're in the Picture was indeed, as Jackie liked to call it, a bomb. A total failure. However, his ability to recognize the train wreck he was on and refusal to continue on that path saved him from further embarrassment and likely helped him get back to where he belonged, doing a variety show. And before we go, I bet Telly Davidson has at least one more interesting piece of information for us about this show. One interesting side note is You're in the Picture was the big comeback also of Steve Carlin, who was the producer of $64,000 Question, which was canceled in the, because of the controversy over the you know fixed game show scandals in the late 50s. See that? I just knew he would. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Industry. This episode was written, edited, and produced by me, Dan Delgado. Special thanks to my guest, Telly Davidson. He has a couple of books he wants to tell you about. Oh, and, and uh, just, just remember, if you want to see more of, uh, of my work, uh, check out, if you're in a political mood, check out the book Culture War on Amazon.com. And if you're in just a pop culture, have a good time mood, check out TV's grooviest variety shows on Amazon.com. Is, is there anything that isn't on Amazon.com these days? Music in this episode was by Kevin McLeod, Ease Jammy Jams, Quinkas Morea, and Aaron Kenny. You can find show notes with pictures, articles, and links for this episode at our website, theindustrypodcast.com. You can also email me at dan at theindustrypodcast.com. The show is also on Twitter at theindustry13. And finally, if you've enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Every podcaster says this helps a lot. I'd like to find out if that's actually true. And we'll be back again soon with another lesser-known story of the things that went on in the industry. Good night. <laughs>